And he's all like, too much energon interference. Too much energon, like this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he shoots, <laughs> shoots up in the air. <laughs> There's only <laughs> one. <laughs> and then rounds. And then he eye lasers. <laughs> too much energon. What's up, big bots? This is Too Much Energon, a Beast Wars podcast where we review and make fun of every single episode of Beast Wars in production order, starting from season one, episode one. I am one of your bot hosts, NeoCal. And I am one of your Cybertronian hosts, Christopher Siege. Christopher Siege, we are reviewing episode 15, The Spark, which is also episode 15 in. Uh, whoa, both end in production order. All right. Yeah, that's uh, just like last week. End uh, air date. What is going on? It's wacky to think about because the uh, the production order and <laughs> broadcast order has been so all over the place for the majority of this season thus far. And this one came out November 11th, 1996, which is very close to our 2020 November date right now. Yep. Christopher, the spark. How about that spark? That spark, yo. Yeah, so we open in space uh, in orbit around the planet, and into frame comes a stasis pod. Another stasis pod. This is a new... This is yet another new Transformer episode, presumably. So stasis pod is orbiting around the planet, as they do, and a... what looks like a bit of space junk. It's just uh, rocks. Yeah. yeah, rocks. Yeah, so something hits the stasis pod, knocks it out of orbit, and it enters into the planet's atmosphere and starts burning up on re-entry. So what I'm wondering here, though, uh, first off, is that how like velocity works in space? <laughs> like, it seems like that stasis pod gets knocked out of orbit really fast. Technically should have shattered into a thousand pieces, but also technically should have burned up. But let's say they're made out of like crazy future tech aerospace and they don't they don't burn up on entry. It also it doesn't really show us, but do they have like thrusters or anything to throw to uh, throw to slow their descent? Um, I think the pod does have manu- like small maneuvering thrusters on it, but okay. Because they they managed to land without like smashing into a thousand pieces, so I always assumed they had a very like simple kind of onboard like navigation system, and they were able to kind of like I don't know avoid falling apart in reentry somehow. Yeah, I mean, in essence, it's these a cartoon. Things, <laughs> in <laughs> essence, these things are kind of little like one man ships. Yeah, they're they're meant to survive. Yeah. Re-entry. And that's why they do. Uh, But not without problems, as we see every single time. Yep. Uh, Especially this time. Oh, yes. So at the uh, the Predacon base, which is where we cut to... uh, I love this. 
Tarantulas is like, <laughs> and, Meg- <laughs> and Megatron comes up behind him and he's like, yes. And he goes, ah, like as if he was like being sneaky and wasn't going to tell anybody. Yeah. And it's Megatron's T-Rex head comes T-Rex head <laughs> hand comes up to the, uh, to the side of Tarantulas and he's all like, <gasps> oh, oh yeah, you're right. He likes to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like scare people with his hand. He purposely yeah. does that shit all the time. <laughs> um, so Megatron is all like, comes up and is all like, what is it? Yes. Basically. Yep. And, and goes, uh, Aha, stasis pod. And the computer says that the trajectory of the maximal stasis pod is uh, erratic and it's impossible to predict its exact landing coordinates. He's like, well, well, you know, g- give me give me a guesstimate, and it's like <laughs> I don't know, somewhere around here. <laughs> and the computer and the computer uh, shows him like a rocky, like like kind of like badlands, deserty kind of area. Yeah, and it's uh, all like grid Savos with the oh, yeah, uh, with sexy the sexy computer AI voice. voice. Yeah, and Megatron is like, yes, that is within our territory. Marvelous. <laughs> Simply marvelous. Happy day. <laughs> yes. And I think he, what is he? He asks the computer uh, if they have any nearby units. And it, uh, it replies with two blinking lights and it tells them, uh, geez, who is it? Scorpionok and Black Arachnia. Yeah, it's Scorpion and Lady Arachnia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Megatron's all like, well, send them there. And Tarantulas is like, I'll go with them, my programming skills, and Megatron cuts him off and is like, are needed here. Black Arachnia will do fine. Cheers. We can't have you making more waifus for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) We can't give you a harem of tarantula women. (laughs) Creepy bastard. Yeah, can you imagine? Well, I mean, that's what he would do. That's exactly what he would do. (laughs) <laughs> he based like I mean Black Arachnia hates him though. Yeah, the the last time he uh he was in charge of reprogramming the the maximal stasis pod, he basically weird scienced himself a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so Except like she she hates him, but I mean I think he likes that. Yeah. I think he likes being called bad things and being kicked in the face. Yeah, she doesn't uh, help him become cool and get an actual girlfriend like the the weird science chick does. Wow. No, she no, <laughs> no, she just hates him. Well, so long to any of our listeners under thirty five. <laughs> uh, yep. We've referenced this like seven times, but anyone listening, like Google weird science, and it was uh, geez, I I can't tell you the year it came out. Eighties, eighty eight, I think. It was two kids, two teenagers that like made themselves a computer during the uh, the computer age, right? So like consoles were a thing. Home computers started coming, becoming more um, affordable, right? And they like magical science themselves a flesh and blood like weird computer girlfriend, and this like adult books buxom woman like helps helps them like talking to girls and with their school life and day-to-day hijinks and stuff have you watched that movie recently recently no (laughs) Uh, i i think i watched it last about like maybe because it was a tv show and a movie 
Yeah, right? I'm talking about I'm talking about the movie. Yeah, yeah. That reveal shot of her, like the first reveal shot of her. Oof. <laughs> uh, it uh, uh, definitely holds up. I I will say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they basically like uh, yeah they they create this like hot babe using what is essentially. A Commodore 64, B doll, a Playboy magazine, and, and a lightning. Th- storm. It w- there was a ritual to it, too, because like they had their underwear on their heads. They they had bras on their heads. Oh, was it bras? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, another and the fun- TV show recreates that shit. Another fun fact about that movie is it actually has a very young Robert Downey Jr. in it in a bit part. Right. Yeah, I, I, sh- I need to rewatch that. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah, Tarantulas has sort of successfully done this, except uh, Lady Arachnia hates Tarantulas, as everyone should. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone uh, seems to, to be quite frank. And, and everyone seems to. And uh, Megatron snipped snipped uh, Tarantulas's uh, hopes and dreams in the butt here, because he's definitely not sending him back out there. Yeah, he straight up cock blocks him. <laughs> and cockblock is usually done in a negative term. I feel like it's necessary. In yeah, this. it's it's for the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so Tarantulas says something under his breath. They both say something audible to each other, and they both hear each other. Uh, what the heck does he say? Uh, Tarantulas says, says... Some, calls him a tyrant or a. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. So Megatron is all like, send uh, Lady Arachnia and Scorpion Man to the pod and put Pterosaur and Waspinator on alert. Yeah, on to alert. Look out for, to, to look out for Maximals. And as... Oh, tin Tyrant. Yeah, yeah. As uh, as Megatron is terror boarding away, um, <laughs> Tarantula Man's all like, Tin Tyrant. Yeah, it wasn't under his breath. He he says it to him. Yeah. And then over his shoulder, like like saying back to him, he calls him a treacherous arachnid. Yeah. Treacherous arachnid. Man, nobody likes each other on this team. No. Which is why. <laughs> like, it's doesn't seem like a good workplace, I gotta say. Which is probably why their predicons are mostly inept. Um which is why when there's an episode where the Maximals actually work together and there's not internal conflict, it's so nice. Yeah, it makes me wonder why anyone even works for Megatron to begin with. Like, Because he rewards those who are loyal! <laughs> I, I like how fucking Scorponok brings that up again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In this episode. Yeah. Because we'll, again, we'll I'm that. like, I'm yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is he rewarding people? It rewind, yeah, it reminds us of our constant reward like theories that change every episode. <laughs> it's almost Halloween. Do you want your treats or not? <laughs> uh, Get uh, out the Sears Christmas wish list catalog. <laughs> And you get to pick one item. One yes. toy under ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but if uh, you've been good, up to twenty. Make a list and I will dial the one eight hundred number. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Scholastic Book Club is in town. <laughs> You're allowed one thing. Uh so we are we're in the Badlands with Energon Geysers? 
Thank you. I, w- I was trying to figure out how to like how to explain that exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Badlands anyone... with Energon geysers. That's that's quite apt. That's quite apt, actually. Yeah, uh, basically, um, instead of like 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 uh, Yellowstone Park, uh, I almost said Yellowknife. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. Um, Yellowstone Park. Jellystone Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Were we gonna get ourselves another picnic basket? <laughs> Uh, exactly. Hey, hey, boo-boo, check out those Energon geysers! <laughs> uh, so... So Energon geysers are a thing, and Rhinox is there. Yeah, so Rhino Man is there. And Please, his name is Rhinobot. <laughs> oh, right, right, Rhinobot, right. <laughs> uh, he tries to... He He's observing his domain, and uh, he tries to radio the others. He's all like, man, so much energon here, but none of it's stable enough to use. No wonder the Preds love this place. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what is that? What does that even mean? Yeah. Like, no wonder the Preds love this place. So, like, I, I get the Predacons liking a wasteland, because, you know, <laughs> why not? Because they're spooky. I mean, look at Pterosaur. He's basically, he's basically a raider from Fallout. <laughs> He's basically a cliff racer from Morrowind. Thank God there's only one of him. He's like he's like those two things combined. Um, so the worst of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, not um, even not even the best. The the worst of qualities <laughs> of those two. Yeah. Super uh, annoying. Hard to uh, deal with. <laughs> yeah, so he tries to what is Rhinobot tries to radio someone else but because of the energon geysers he can't reach anyone but yeah no um yeah i was just gonna add though like uh yeah like what is so he he's implying the predacons like unusable energon because that seems kind of what that implies it feels like they didn't think that line out yeah that seems kind (laughs) of like counterproductive to their cause since they came to this planet specifically for energon i'm I I actually thought about this earlier too, and I immediately wrote it off as okay writers. <laughs> yeah. It's like better dead than than pred. It's like okay, well that that makes sense, right? Like they're they're dissing the the enemy. But I don't understand what Rhinox means by that dig. I mean, not no a good the preds to, like it. to children, but <laughs> the preds like pretty but useless. <laughs> decor i um they like geysers your your pick (laughs) you you choose all of it is right and wrong well we'll never know regardless no unless we hear megatron go oh yes this beautiful hellscape very dangerous (laughs) but completely useless my kind of place (laughs) it really brightens up the room I should get an Energon geyser for the base. Yes. <laughs> it's really brought the room together, man. Yes. <laughs> like, what a drag, man. Can't believe they peed on your Energon geyser. <laughs> uh, they peed on your fucking geyser, Megatron. <laughs> Megatron, they peed on your geyser? <laughs> I feel like we always make these references that nobody will know, but 
But then again, the only people listening to this podcast are the people our age. Yeah. So they probably do. I'm not even going to say what we're referencing. <laughs> oh, they 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 know. They know. I, I'm sure. I'm sure they know. Yeah, they, uh, they know. And what uh, Rhinobot knows is that he sees a incoming stasis pod about oh, to crash right. down to the planet. He Cheetor zooms in. Yeah. Um. And like calculates its trajectory and sees how far it's going and. This is perplexing. Whenever it's shown Rhinox running, he's been in his beast mode. Presumably that's the fastest they can run besides Cheetor in his beast mode, yeah. right? He transforms into his robot form to run there. Like kajunk, 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 kajunk. And I'm like, well, one, you're gonna get like reach stasis lock sooner. And two, yeah. is that faster? I will say though, this uh this shot of him like running and like the way the camera shakes and like the loud thuds really gives you a sense of his mass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, this is cool. This, this dude's a, this dude's a fucking beast. No, uh, no pun intended. That dude can punch a Megatron. And he has. Yep. Multiple times. <laughs> so, uh, but as he's running off, yeah, like we said earlier, he tried to radio in and he can't because of the uh, energy energon geysers. Uh, but luckily, it cuts to a tree. Uh, there is a Cheetor. There is a, a Cheetor. In a cheetah tree. As <laughs> cheetahs are known to do, he is hanging out on the branch of a tree, many yep. feet above the ground. And he too sees the, the falling uh, stasis pod in the distance. Yeah, and he's all like, holy gyros, or some Cheetor bullshit. Yeah, some something like that. Hopping Helix! Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> think, yeah. <And laughs> Giga bummer. Uh, <laughs> Giga bummer. Uh, <laughs> hopping Helix, and he taps his little uh, cat chest, and he tries to radio someone, and he manages to get through to Tigatron. Yep. So it's interesting, all this is like kind of coming together, and they're they're separate. Like, they're they're do you know what I mean? Like Rhinox yeah. isn't alone. Cheetor's here, but Cheetor can only reach one, one individual. So I think the the TLDR is he's like, hey, there's a uh, stasis pod coming down in Grid. What was it? Omega, Vega, Burrito, Davos. You said it earlier. I think. Davos, <laughs> Salvo, or he says, like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm gonna go try to get to it before the Preds do, but if you can, like, go grab the people at the base and let them know... Yeah. And uh, he says, will do. Watch yourself, uh, little cat. Yeah. And Titor says, always do, big cat. And I'm like, aw. <laughs> yeah. And Their nicknames so... for each other are big cat and little cat. Yeah. That proves that he's younger than than everyone else, right? Yeah. And so Tigatron leaves his Minecraft biome to go and save <laughs> the Stasis Pod because he is. He's in like a little jungle biome this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably never going to stop making jokes about that. Just so you know, the ten year olds that love Minecraft aren't here to roast us anyway so go, <laughs> go for it uh so we cut to um to scorpion man and he's like just as megatron said 
Yeah. Grand and, Omega. Yeah, and Lady Arachnia is like mocking him. She's all like, ooh, just as Megatron said. Just as Megatron said. Oh, yeah, she's ripping into him. Yeah. And she's all Do you like, ever get tired of groveling and being a little bitch? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and he turns around and he's like, Megatron is our great leader and he will reward us. He rewards loyalty. Yeah. And she's like, right. <laughs> right. I'm just going to like step on your balls and <laughs> hook like a battery to your nipples. But, you know, Jesus. Christopher. You you. <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> I say is I'm the one that's heavily pushed the narrative of her being a dominatrix. Yeah. <laughs> um like gasp. <laughs> Scorpionok is basically saying he punishes those who oppose him and rewards those who are loyal. He's never punished Pterosaur. Right? <laughs> and what are the rewards for Scorpionok? We've never what, he gets his own lab? I <laughs> maybe that's how he suddenly became a scientist like that's what I'm thinking. Ago. Yeah. You've been a, you have earned 10 good boy points. Yes. You get a lab now. <laughs> Thanks, dad. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe. I I kind of like this idea actually. Right? We've, the good boy points unlock more sections of the ship that you're allowed to use. Yeah, we're 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 finally cracking the code. Yeah. And uh all that sexual tension with Scorpionok and Lady Arachnia aside, <laughs> uh we actually cut to the stasis pod like whizzing down and I feel like the angle it lands in and the skit like the what's it called the when something hits the ground and it leaves an impact behind it, the crater, the crater, the, small, yeah. the, the crater pathing, it's like 20 feet. And I'm like, uh, well, that stopped fast. Also, I feel like it should have been a lot deeper. Yeah. Just kind of skitters on the ground for like 10, 15, 20 feet and <laughs> stops. Also, I feel like that's like, not how objects from space hitting earth. Like they, well, they 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 tend to create round, deep, circular craters. If they, yes, unless they go at a certain angle. But if they're the greater the angle, the more they tend to burn up, and the um, the more the wreckage is scattered rather than yeah. creating. Like, anyways, we are not aerospace uh, pilots or engineers or. Um, space scientists, as I like to say. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe, maybe this is exactly how space doctors. <laughs> We're not space doctors, damn it! We're <laughs> robot scientists. <laughs> damn it, Jim. <laughs> and uh, speaking of um, robot doc scientists, uh, Rhinobot is there in like three seconds. Like he is right there. Yeah. Which I'm kind of amazed at. Like, I don't know how he beat the Flyers or Scorponok there. Oh, right. He was in the Badlands already. Right? Yeah, yeah. Looking at geysers, shit-talking the Preds. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Again, with another cool camera angle where it really emphasizes how big and, like, heavy he is. The camera rocks and you hear ka-junk, ka-junk, ka-junk as he runs over to the uh, the stasis pod. Which somehow has a bunch of rocks on it. 
It has rocks on it. You know, yeah. De- Debris. It got Debris on it. Debris. <laughs> <laughs> lots of lots of rocky Debris. Uh, and no surprise. Um, oh, I just realized this. I don't know why I never noticed this, but it was kind of like this was the episode that confirmed it. All of the AI's internal um, voice for the Maximals and the Predacons. The AI voice in the Pred ship, the dark side, and for all the Predacons is a sultry female voice. Yeah. And the internal um, computer voice for the Axelon, as well as all of them individually, is a male voice. I don't know why, but this episode is the first time that that's clicked in for me. Mm. Like, I thought maybe sometimes there was a sultry female voice for some of them and a, and a male voice for others, but no, it's always been a female voice for the Predacons and a male voice for uh, the uh, Maximals. And always the same voice, too. Like, whether it's the, the ship's computer or their own internal circuitry, it's always the same voice. Yep, it's always the, the same voice. And I, like, kind of knew that, but, like, never really brought it up and, like like, consciously acknowledged it. And I'm like, huh. Mm. I wonder if it's kind of like when GPSs started coming out, in like the 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 2000s, and you could like download different voice packs. You could like download Homer Simpson, like GPS voice pack and all that. <laughs> I I wonder if uh, it's they just got stuck with the default one, and all the maximals <laughs> have just like the the male default, and all the preds have the the female default one. They they gave the uh, the Predacons uh, made like consciously made there as a sexy female voice. Yeah, why why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, I have a uh, a Google Nest Mini like smart speaker type thing, and, and it I, has a sexy female voice. I straight up switched it to from the default like male voice. I switched it to a female voice with an Australian accent because that does it for you, and it, it responds to the name. <laughs> for some reason. Oh god. <laughs> uh actually I named it Zoe. Thank you very much. Oh okay. Uh, we'll get into it into it later, but th- you said to me earlier off off air, this is one of those ones you hate watching as a kid. Yeah, but is like solidly one of the best episodes as an adult. Absolutely, yeah. And when I watched this er, uh, earlier, I think it was yesterday, uh, and another time afterwards, closer to this recording, I was like, this is so well written. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe this came after Dinobot clone. <laughs> <laughs> this is like like 1960s like Batman versus like um, Christopher Nolan Dark, Dark Knight. <laughs> Yes, I made that comparison. Like so, this is so. In the span of a week, we go from fop doodle to this. <laughs> I I could say so many bad things about Beast Wars if all I had ever seen is last week's, and if all I had ever seen is this, I would tell you it was probably the best thing on in the nineties. Yeah, like this yeah. is this is some shit, and boy, do I appreciate this as an adult. Uh, yeah, when I when I was a kid, um, I thought this episode was boring as all hell. But I actually I watched this last weekend, 
uh, for the first time. Not well, not not the first time, period, but like the rewatching first time. it. Yeah, the first time rewatching it, uh, and then I watched it again today, and I really, really like this episode. Yeah, and to for uh, to get to get back into it, we were talking about uh, Ry Rhinox <laughs> just reaching it, and he's yeah. been in his robot form the whole time. And uh, the male voice, uh, I, I'm going to call it Sentinel from now on, since it's the same voice as Sentinel on the ship. Sure, yeah, that but, works yeah, for me. The, his diagnostic voice, right? It says, uh, warning, energon concentration in danger zone. And he tells, I've never seen this before on the show, boy, there's a lot of new shit on this show, by, on this, in this episode, by the way. <laughs> like yeah. A lot of people doing things we've never seen before. Cool things, though. Anyways, he tells his... Um, he tells his AI to divert power from the weapons array to his field dampers. Yeah. And uh, the energon glow, like that interference, that stops. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So he, his weapons won't be powered, but he can, he can stay in his robot form a little while longer. That's some Star Trek that's shit right Star- there. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. That's, that's some Star Trek. Like, Scotty, I need all... Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. I thought that was intentional. <laughs> Sometimes I don't Star Trek. The next the next rockeration. <laughs> I love Star Trek. Third truck from the sun. <laughs> Star Trek, the next denigration. The next denigration. <laughs> Sometimes I get so excited or my my <laughs> mouth moves before my brain my words slur i have a lisp and sometimes you get star trek <laughs> <laughs> yes uh star trek is great or star trek is great rather <laughs> jesus <laughs> star trek the next decade what Den- I their next denigration denigration jesus <laughs> So we get some Star Trek shit. Oh, fuck, I'm gonna write that down. Of course. It's almost that that's almost some ex human levels of <laughs> Well while Christopher's laughing and writing that down, everyone <laughs> um, Rhinox with his mighty giant upper body strength lifts these boulders off of the stasis pod and we get a look at the <laughs> we get a look at the pod and it's kind of like short circuiting out much like the uh, Transformers look when um, they're suffering from um, when they're uh, suffering suffering from um, near stasis yeah. energon interference yeah, yeah. And we get to look inside, which we have not gotten to see before. And this not is not much shit. anyway. Yeah, not much. Yeah. So we see the liquid Terminator <laughs> in here with like a nucleic, like cellular, like like energy orb in the center of this like liquid bipedal, like mer- mercurial, like entity. Yeah, it looks the, rad. Yeah, and the camera like straight up zooms, it like focuses on it too. Yeah, so this is kind of like, uh, like you know, 
this is interesting because we we've always made made the joke all of these and questions and more won't be answered, but this has answered some of our questions. Mm-hmm. They are kind of like amorphous. They are kind of genderless. They are kind of like this blank slate while they're in these pods. Which. Okay, so for me, that actually kind of raises more questions, though, because it's like, what, what were too. they like before they went in the pod, then? D- were, were they anything before? Or were they like baby Transformers waiting to wake up before? Y- yeah. Right? But like, like, maybe they were never awake before, or or did they say they were? Well, Optimus has referred to the uh, the stasis pod in orbit as his crew. Yeah. So I assumed, like like you did, and still will assume to some extent, that these are getting damaged on re-entry. But for the most part, they were a Transformer with like memories and um, a personality and an identity beforehand. Well, yeah, and like the process of like turning them into Predacons, like they have stated, is straight up reprogramming them. So clearly, they're yeah. already like programmed as Maximals. Yeah, and what they did is like a they reformatted Lady Arachnia's hard drive. Basically, yeah, yeah, and so Rhinox and, and gave her a different OS, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pre- Pred OS. <laughs> they they uh, they they gave her Linux, which isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Some people prefer it. They gave her Temple OS. If you if you want to deep dive into something, go go check out the madness that is Temple OS. I'll uh, link you to it before. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we cut to Rhinox tapping on some buttons, and there's a, another uh, voice, and it says, uh, "No, it's his voice." And it says, um, "I guess it's." I thought he had would have typed it in, but I guess it responds to voice commands. He says, "Activate the protoform and begin." DNA scanning. Yeah. And I don't want to be script guy too too much when we do this, like comb over the details too much, but there's there's so much good dialogue in this. <laughs> in this it almost feels like one of those one of those episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Um but for the TLDR is uh I, I like how I'm TLDRing a conversation, not text. But the TLDR is it's broken and it can't scan. It needs repairs of some kind. It's fallen and it can't get up. And we've only heard the mention of a spark once on the show. It's fallen and it can't get up. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Um but I think in with the Cyber B episode. Yeah, um, yeah. I was Optimus just gonna say. said spark fading. Right? Yeah. And we were like, hold up, spark fading, because the Cyberbee kills you if you take it off. We yeah. had a lot to say about <laughs> that. Um, yeah, I couldn't this... remember if that was the, the first instance uh, where yes. a spark is mentioned. But... Yeah, yeah, it is. But we, we dive more into that, this one, because it says the spark is fading, right? Like the uh, the repair... The... Oh, geez, what does it say? It says something like eight point whatever cycles. Okay, um, the protoform will cease to exist. So, what the stasis pod computer says. This I'll actually read verbatim. Oh, okay, I, yeah, because I think it's it's important. important. Yeah, uh, it says system damage too extensive. 
Activation program offline, spark fading. Repair required, or protoform will cease to exist in 8.6 cycles. Yeah. So that's like anywhere from eight minutes to like like three weeks. (laughs) 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 Anybody listening uh, to our previous episodes knows our problem with what cycles are. Yeah. This took multiple cycles to build. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, This took all afternoon, damn it. Uh, I could have been playing Oblivion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And leading around my adoring fan. Cheers. Oh, he totally would keep the adoring fan around him. He would. Keep him safe. He'd come around, but he would use like a um uh he would use a console command to make him immortal. Uh, yeah, yeah. To so make he him die. essential so he could just like so he couldn't die, but so Megatron could get mad and like kill him periodically, but he would just get back up. Oh yeah, he'd just fall on the ground and then after a while get get back up. Yeah. Yeah. As they do. So he could smack around his lackey. <laughs> exactly. Nobody kills you except for me. <laughs> uh, now excuse me while... Wait there while I press the tilde key to input a <laughs> command. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're with Rhinox, and he's got a cool compartment in his hip. Much like Rat Trap has like compartments in his forearm. He's got like a little tool belt shelf. With like different Rhinox tools. One of those, um, this is one of those things where I think it would be really cool to be a robot. Just, just so you can hold tools. <laughs> just, <laughs> just so you could have like parts of your body open up and just be used as storage for things. I like, mean, you like can when, do that now. Like when I was a little kid, like the the dopest shit to me was RoboCop and his gun leg. Oh, coming out of like the his thigh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty that dope. Was, like that was the dopest shit to me when I was like four years old. Yeah, no holster. It's like built into him. Yeah, it's, that's pretty rad. Yeah, and why not? When you're a robot, might as well yeah. have shit in there. And instead of having, uh, and okay, okay. So we've ripped on Rhinox being a shitty ass inventor a thousand times. Oh yeah, and I take all of that back. Because of this one episode, he's just doing like insert science stuff here, <laughs> right? Like, do you know what I mean? He's just repairing things, replacing chips, using um, like a, a, a welder here or there. Do you know what I mean? He's just doing random like quote unquote science stuff. Yeah. But like, he's he's seriously like committing to this, and as we'll get into later, he personally sacrifices a lot to make sure that this individual doesn't doesn't die. Yeah. Which is which is pretty commendable and and he's successful. We always make fun of him for his like janky ass unsuccessful projects. <laughs> like he 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 did good. He did good. Yeah, th- this episode in particular made me really start to dig Rhinox as a character. Yes. And you know what? And Cheetor. I he, Rhinox and Cheetor are MVPs this episode. My God! Totally. Oh well, when we do the end episode 
summary we can we can get into that but okay okay so so Spe- speaking of cheetor cheetor leaps into frame and he's very cat like <laughs> and he's like rhinox what are you doing here and then rhinox is like cheetor what are you doing here <laughs> cheetor what have you done <laughs> what have you done son <laughs> I told you to grab my beer <laughs> uh so when I say uh, Cheetor leaps into frame, this is like where I have the video paused right now. When he's hunched over like a like a house cat trying to oh, like chase something. Check the screenshot that I sent. <laughs> <laughs> he's mid leap there. That's not fa- that's not fair. No, that's just where I happened to pa- like coincidentally happened to pause it, and that's why I was like Cheetor oh, okay. leaps into frame. <laughs> it's pretty derpy looking. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of derpy looking moments if uh this there's so many exploitable um beast wars like screenshots from this show i know i love it i i love it too so many weird faces (laughs) (laughs) so many like oh man just just remind me of, of like the the early days of cgi yeah but nobody like awkwardly like Enzo pimp walks on this show, despite it being, <laughs> <laughs> despite it be having uh, transformers that are less humanoid than than people on reboot. Uh, if uh, anyone's curious, to... yeah, yeah. Uh, if anyone's curious, uh, we absolutely rip into some of the jankiest animation that reboot has to offer on our other podcast. We have a reboot podcast called Alpha Numeric. So if you're if you're curious to to see the really janky like pimp walk we're talking about, you can you can check us out. Uh, basically, anywhere where you found this, it's part of Lasercomb Productions. So you'll probably yep. see it alongside this. Yeah, yeah. If if you want to hear us and another person basically do what we do on this podcast, but instead talk about reboot, we swear less too. <laughs> A little bit. That's almost a little more family friendly. I, Somehow, by accident. I think it's because Aiden keeps us wholesome. It's all all ev- it's all fair. All fair yeah. in love and viral warfare. It's all fair in love and main for him. Yes. Uh but to get back to these computers, these transformers, uh this is a weird turn for the the best. Like Good things are happening. Cheetor arrived next instead of like some annoying ass like Predacon. Yeah. And Cheetor and... is like, is all after Rhinox is all like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Cheetor is like, me, I saw the, the pod headed for Crashville. <laughs> like, actually. Oh, he says the... Crashville. <laughs> yeah. I saw the pod headed for Crashville. That is, that is straight up some Cheetor bullshit right there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you could have made that up, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't know otherwise. Uh, uh, but he's like Uncle Rhinox, what's happening? And Rhinox is like, uh, the protoform is dying. And he's like, he he has sad cat ears, and he's like, what do you mean? And yeah. Rhinox says the stasis pod's been damaged. Uh, it's uh, disabled the activation sequence. And, and the, burned the out viewers, the locking chip. Oh, the locking chip. So it can't lock its... Um, presumably it's... The pod itself can protect the protoform. That's how they exist in space, 
right? Yep. But in this case, it, it something's wrong with the locking chip, and it can't protect it. So it will die if it can't take a beast mode on. Yeah. And uh, that's some heavy shit. Some existential, like, life and death situation. Yeah. And uh, he says, uh, listen here, boy, the protoform spark will be extinguished. Like, literally. If I don't and, do something quick. And Cheetor yeah. is like, well, let's do something. What do we do? Yeah. I, I'm no scientist like you, but, like, tell tell me what to do. Yeah. Which and, I, yeah. I, I, I appreciate uh, uh, Cheetor's, I don't know, spunk here. Well, that's the thing. He is loyal to... Like, remember when um, Dinobot, like, flicked, like, Dinobot clone meat out of his disgusting maw? And everybody like grimaced. Cheetor was the only one, unfortunately. Oh yeah, he gave him the thumbs up. Right? He smiled and like gives <laughs> Dinobot <laughs> the thumbs up. So like he, the best team player, even though he goes off on his own all the time. But the best team player when it comes to like supporting others is definitely Cheetor. Yeah, I feel like uh, other. Oh well, Optimus of course, <clears throat> but Optimus is a, a fearless leader. Yeah, he's Big Bot. Yeah, he's Big Bot. And now we cut to Catbot. Yeah, speaking big, of cats, big cat. Uh, Tigatron is running through the forest. The forest biome. A jungle <laughs> the biome. biome. Yeah, and he suddenly stops and he whispers to himself, Ah, Predacons, Tigatron, maximize. I almost expected him to say stealth mode. Stealth mode. <laughs> you too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but he does not. He just whispers it to himself, and then he loudly transforms. Um, and hides behind, was, a and hides behind a tree. And hides behind a tree. Yeah. Uh, my partner turned to me and whoa, excuse me, turned to me and was like, "He's kind of like toothpaste colored, isn't he?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Kind of. He's like white and aqua. Yeah, and he hides behind a tree, and our favorite scorpion comes over some rocks." With, yeah, and you hear like the clattering of him, like his little scorpion legs walking on rock. I don't know why, but like in this particular scene, like it kind of weirded me out a little bit. It's, it sounds like an insect scurrying. Yeah. Which makes the, like, makes your arms have goosebumps. It's, it's, it sounds like there's a critter skittering near you. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I found it a little unnerving. It sounds uh, like an insect scurrying across linoleum. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good way of <laughs> like if you've it. ever heard a big fat like um like house spider or like cockroach like fly across the linoleum and everything else is really quiet and you can hear its footsteps, that'll yeah, that'll stay so with gross. you. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. So that's probably what's triggering in your in your mind right now. Yeah. And uh he you know what? I, I feel like they've upped the graphics because Scorponok looks very like up close. His textures look like they've moved to like 1K rather <laughs> than like 720p. <laughs> Seven rather than like you know like si- not 64 bit, but you know what I mean, right? Like they they look like they've upped his uh, textures a bit, and he looks like moist. Which I don't like. <laughs> like he, he's glistening and shiny. Oh, like yeah, the his, carapace uh, of an arachnid would be. 
Yeah, especially the textures of his uh, pinchers look a little more high resolution and detailed. Yeah, so it's not just me. Okay, there's a lot yeah. of close-ups on him. And uh, he says, uh, what is he? He's complaining. He's like, Where, where'd that damn spider go? Yeah, where, where, about. where is Lady Arachnia? Where's and... that stupid bitch? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, those spiders, just like um, Tarantula Man, th- they fuck off all the time. What annoying teammates they must be. Yes, they get the drop. They're stealthy as fuck. They get the drop on the Maximals all the time. Don't get me wrong, but what shitty teammates? <laughs> yep. They're they're the spiders in particular are are not team players on the Predacons. No. And well, speaking of getting the drop on, this is the ninth time I have counted it. <laughs> the ninth oh, really? time Tigatron has maybe not exactly, <laughs> but it's been a lot where he gets the drop on someone, and this is what my partner pointed out. I me I uh, okay. I complain about Tigatron being stealthy enough to get the drop on people, but announcing his presence every time. Which is what every he does here. single time. And my yeah. partner pointed out, it's because he's stealthy, but he's also honorable. Mm. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's yeah. stealthy and he likes getting the drop, like, like, a, pred- uh, like a, a predatory cat, right? They like getting the drop, but the civilized part of him demands that he has some honor. And I'm like, okay, okay, I can, I jive with that. He likes getting the drop on his, his opponent, but this is the one time when it does, when they don't dodge out of the way, though. Every other time he's like, up here, Predacons, or look behind you, or it's too late, or whatever his line is. They just jump out of the way of his gun. Taking a quick step back, I will say oh. what you were saying about um the, uh the, because this kind of just reminded me. Um what you were saying about the spiders, like fucking off on their own a lot. Uh If you think about it, spiders are very solitary creatures. Yeah. They hate each other. The only time they find each other is to have sex and die. Yeah. But otherwise like spiders just do their own thing. So, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Anyway, just wanted to point that out. That's a good point. That that's a good point. The only time they ever find each other is to procreate. And I'm pretty sure that's males actively looking for females and hoping they don't get eaten. Yeah. In most species of uh, spider, uh, the males are kind of just... They're always smaller. (laughs) Um, But they're kind of just... uh, Maybe not tarantulas. Uh, But yeah, they're usually just there to like kind of go, hey, 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 don't eat me. Don't eat me. But I'd like to fuck. (laughs) Yeah, um, and if the female's like, uh, sure, sometimes they can survive. Yeah, sure, let's do that. I'm kind of hungry anyway. <laughs> and in, in the case of the the male, I mean, even if he gets eaten, it's from an evolutionary standpoint, he wins. <laughs> yeah, um, unless in the, he gets eaten first. Uh, in the like, in the case of uh, giant house spiders, which are pretty common around here. Though so there's, I, I like to call them behemoth spiders because they're so massive and so just heinous looking. They're the kinds that you see like scurrying across your like kitchen floor. Yeah, the palm sized uh, house spiders. Yeah, yeah. Um, those ones are all the males. 
because I've looked into this before. Um, those ones, the ones you see like running across your like living room floor or whatever, those are the males. And what they're mm -hmm. doing is like, if you see a lot of them, chances are there is a female, a big ass female who has set up a nest somewhere and they're running, like going looking for her. Yeah, they're they're bulk cycling up, right? They they got eight. They they uh they got some food. They're they're bulking up. They they probably a shed once or twice. Yeah. Uh, what's it called when they shed their skin? Molt. Molt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they probably molt once or twice. And once they're big and jacked, they start like going around and looking for. How do they find each other? I always wonder how spiders find each other. Uh, pheromones. I think it's pheromones. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I've I've looked that up too. That the females just sit around, and the ones we see scurrying about out into the the badlands, the wastelands of our apartment to be killed or uh, caught and release. Uh, those are the males. Yeah, uh, yeah, they 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 always die in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate spiders. I, oh, I'm sorry I, if I'm offending any listener, but I. Uh, no, I'm severely Anyone listening, if you haven't noticed, he really doesn't like even the spiders on the show. No, no. I'm, uh, it doesn't I'm, help that the spiders on the show are creepy. I am supremely arachnophobic. Yeah, they, uh, I catch and release. It's very hard for me to kill things that I could spare. Uh, that's only, only, I've only had that Buddhist outlook like the last like five or so years of my life, though. When I was younger, I was like, it's me or you. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that's very noble of you. Um, and I am that way with like, I don't know, like mice and things like that. I'm like, no, no, humane traps, like catch and release, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes to bugs, I'm like, nah, fuck you. That being oh, said, ants, that, be they that, die. Being, that being said, though, like if I see like a big ass spider outside, I'll leave it. Oh, there's no point in well, like, destroying yeah. nature that you can leave alone. But when it's in your personal space, I yeah. understand that some are like, oh man, speak. there was a giant house spider. We'll get back to it right after this little story. We'll, get, we'll jump back into the spark. If it's in um, my house, I'm like, invaders! <laughs> <laughs> you blow the war horn. Burr, burr. <laughs> Pump your shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> um there is a huge ass one of the bigger ones i've ever seen house spider behind my uh couch which is against the wall and so i was like how do i get this guy without alerting him to my presence right and i try to slowly edge the the couch away from the wall and try to reach a cup in to like grab him or whatever long story short he got away and he's out there somewhere Horror. <clears throat> horrifying <laughs> Uh, but to to get into horrifying, we get another uh, up close shot of Scorpionox like face with his mandibles and his like mouth parts. Yeah, his moist mouth parts. And Tigatron says, "Where are you headed in such a hurry?" And, and he's like, "I'll tell you nothing, Maximal." And he goes to Scorpionox terror. And, and this uh, is some shit. Yeah, Tigatron <laughs> shoots him, but he doesn't shoot him with like an energy round. He shoots him with something that freezes Scorponok. It it comes from his gun, just like it's... he doesn't say a special move. Yeah. Just looks like a normal shot. But when it hits him, he freezes. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. 
So he's he's got Mr. Freeze's gun now. Yeah. A, a special frozen shot. Speaking of special bullshit one shot attacks, someone else has one right after. Lady Arachnia descends from the the jungle treetops and transforms midair as she kind of like lands behind him. I really like their midair transformations. They're really showing them off off now. Yeah, yeah, totally. And she pulls her um little gun out, but it's got like a glowy part on the end. Yeah. And he whips around and it's kind of like a western standoff. He whips around and shoots at her. She dodges and shoots her like dart at him. And it embeds itself in his chest, like injecting him with something. And he rips it out and he falls on the ground, but like he's paralyzed now. He's he's glowing like he has like red, ripply, like scary, like poison effects on him. Yeah. And she stands over him laughing and like puts her foot on on his balls and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> You can't fight my cyber venom, kitty cat, and spits in his mouth. And um <laughs> for some reason she says, because the spiders like to Okay, so this is the thing that makes the spiders creepy on the show, too, that we've discussed at length. I think they really relish torturing their their victims. Oh, absolutely. Because she could just shoot them with her normal gun or finish them off or whatever, but she says she'll be back for him. Yeah. When she gets to the, the pod with the new Predacon in it. Perhaps and I like she how intends she... to come back and eat him. Yes, because the, their spider instincts are strong, and it's shown them, um, at least tarantulas, eating like giant rats. And trying to eat Cheetor in one episode. Yeah. So presumably she wants to come back and suck the juices out of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're back at the, uh, the stasis pod now, <laughs> and uh, Rhinox uh, is there doing some business and uh, doing a science? Doing a science, yeah. And he tells Cheetor basically that uh, uh, without a locking chip, he won't be able to stay in what form very long. No. Uh, and Cheetor is like, well, whatever we have to do, uh, our new Budbot there deserves some kind of chance. And yeah. you know more about uh, protoforms than I do. So what's happening here is Cheetor uh, is donating his locking chip to the new protoform to be used for the new protoform uh, to uh, presumably to help protect it from the, the energon. Yeah. So it's like giving up a kidney that you could possibly replace bat get base. Yeah. Like he doesn't, I guess you don't need it to transform or to stay in one mode or the other, but it's probably something he has multiples of, or he can get replaced easily. Yeah. I think it's just something that's replaceable. Um, yeah. I, I think base, like my understanding of it basically was that if he soaks up too much energon, uh, radiation without a locking chip, instead of just going into stasis lock, it'll just completely fry him. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Instead that's... of going into stasis lock, he just gets toasted. Yeah. That's my takeaway from it. So yeah. he he's definitely putting himself at risk. And I appreciate what Cheetor is doing here. Cheetor yeah. is like, 
I'm the one who should give up my locking chip because you have to, you Rhinox have to stay in robot form to work on the proto form. You're uh, the science guy. So, and you're the science guy. So, uh, uh, I'll give up my chip to try and help try and do my part. Yeah. And, uh, he, he has to go offline to do this. Yeah. Right. Like it's essentially them going into a, uh, a, a consciously entering sleep mode. And he, uh, Rhinox says, this will only take a nano click. And I don't know if I mentioned this on air before, but we had always assumed. I believe hey, you did, yes. Okay, we, you and I had talked, and we had always assumed, hey, oh, it was when I was talk- we were talking about the uh, jargon for the show. Yeah. yeah. And I had up one of the many uh, wikis, and um, I was like, wait a second. Clicks are a- an amount of time. Not not like kilometers. So, yeah. Rhinox here says, "Well, this will only take a nano click anyway." So there, there we go. More, more proof. It's a, it's a time rather than a distance. Yeah, and Cheetor's like, "I could use the snooze." <laughs> oh yeah. And he's all like, "Repair mode," and then his eyes shut off. And we go into this is some shit. Yeah, we go into into Cheetor's head, and oh, for the second time. He's having some like dream kind of thing. We've had two dreamscapes with Cheetor now. Did the other one also involve a fisheye lens? Because that's what's going yes. on here. Oh, okay. <laughs> At some points, the the camera work was really trippy. Yeah. So yeah, like Christopher was saying, we're in Cheetor's subconscious, and like either. Cheetor's memory of Rhinox or Cheetor's subconscious itself is taught like is inside Cheetor's head with him. It's just a black void. But Cheet yeah. but Cheetor sees himself there. He's he's himself in the robot form and Rhinox is in robot form. And he says, "Hey, what's hanging?" And Rhinox like pulls his own spark out of his chest with both hands. Yeah. Right? Like as if he's cherishing it and he's cradling it very carefully. And it's this blue orb with like lots of it's kind of like like almost like a gigantic atom. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of my that's that's what I kind of take away from it. Um, yeah. And Cheetor is like a spark, and Rhinox is like, "Yep, the very thing that makes us what, who, and what we are." Uh, every Cybertronian, Maximal, or Predacon has one. This is some exposition right here. Yeah, that this is like full force, like introducing us to the concept of what a spark is. And he's exactly. like, "Exactly, everyone has one. It's a real, tangible soul. Yeah, that all Transformers have." Yeah, and each it, one is different. Each one is different. Each one is unique. Uh, when a spark goes online, there's great joy. Oh, I, I love that line. Uh, when one is extinguished, the universe weeps. That's deep. And he, he this lifts his hands up. Yeah, this is and it deep like shit. it shows a whole bunch of other sparks like fly through some like infinitarium universe like consciousness together. This is straight up introducing spirituality to Transformers. 
I which, love this, <laughs> which is kind of wacky to think about, especially like if you go back and watch like the original Transformers cartoon, <laughs> as yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. When a sparkle's online, there's great joy. And a crack of beer. <laughs> and a crack of beer. Jump in my truck to go 4X foring. <laughs> 4X foring. <laughs> you, you heard me. <laughs> when one's extinguished, the universe weeps. And when he says that. And I drink the... some whiskey. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Pour out, pour out one for my lost homies. Uh, and when he says the universe weeps, um, his spark explodes above him and kind of like falls in like little bright bits behind him that kind of fade out. That fade out, and everything goes black. And then Cheetor wakes up, and he's like, "Whoa, that was Ultra Gear." Again, I would never know if you're telling the truth or not because it sounds like some Cheetor bullshit. Uh, yep. No, that that's exactly what he says. <laughs> Ultra Gear. Is that our um, uh, combo bot? Christopher <laughs> Siege gear. and Neo Cal become Ultra Gear. <laughs> oh huh? shit! Ultra Gear. <laughs> no, that's that's what we end up fighting. Oh, we fight Ultra Gear. Oh me, shit! Me with my bandana and cigarette and socom pistol and you just like <laughs> flying in with like your exoskeleton and ninja sword and the nit thank you thank you <laughs> but i high, I walk high frequency slowly blade. yeah with my high frequency blade and i can i fight with my sword so fast i can cut bullets out of the air but i walk at a very slow pace yeah one of these days we will not talk about metal gear Today's not that day. <laughs> I feel like in like on like in that scenario, like in MGS4 lore, like specifically, like I would definitely be old snake and you would be ninja riding. Thanks. I th- I think so too. <laughs> Both badass characters. Oh yeah, yeah. Both like man, so far from human even at that point, both of them. Any anyways. <laughs> I, I, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so right. So so Rhinox. Oh, sorry, yeah, he says the... Ultra Gear, and he talks about his dream. Yeah, and Rhinox says, "Tell me later," and go back to beast mode. Yeah. So does does that imply that that was not an active conversation? That was like a subconscious thing. Cheetor. I think had? Cheetor was just dreaming. Yeah. I mean, something happened comes up later on in the episode later, that, make, yeah. that makes that kind of ambiguous. But I think Cheetor was just dreaming. I, I, yeah, that's some shared consciousness, like spiritual shit. Yeah. As to what you said, we'll we'll talk about later. But sorry, I interrupted you. Go on. You said he's pulling something. He's got like a device, right? Yeah. Up. Yeah. So he's got his little tool thing that has Cheetor's locking chip on it and he stood into the uh, control panel of the stasis pod and after he does that the pod stops shorting out types up some stuff and the uh, the the T1000 protoform goes solid it's not all liquid anymore T100 yeah (laughs) or no what's the T800 (laughs) 
What's the um the one that's like a liquid and like a tea? The one in the like the third Terminator that everyone hated. Uh, the, you know what? TX. I like that movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of like that, maybe. I guess. No, I I don't know. But it's solid now. It looks like an automaton. Yeah. And um, Rhinox um get some shocks. I think. Yeah, Rhinox is all like, all I did was buy us some time. And Cheetor is like, oh, why don't we just take it back to the base? And Op- or Optimus, Rhinox is like, there's no time. All we did, uh, uh, all we did was just slow the, the process down. We need to uh, get this protoform uh, uh, online and into beast mode soon yeah. or it's finished. Yeah, so... As we've established on the show, uh, every all the Transformers on the show need to have a beast form, need to actively be conscious and take a beast form in order to protect themselves from the Energon interference that's planet-wide. The uh, too-much Energon, if you Too-much Energon. It's satisfying when they say that l- the line of our podcast on the show. It is, yeah, I dig it. Every <laughs> single time. Like, yeah. e- every single time someone is like, too-much Energon, I'm like, hoo-hoo. It, it reminds <laughs> me of um, y- your usage of the that video game with the really bad voice acting. When, yeah. you, when you remixed too-much <laughs> Energon. Well, the, yeah, the... Um, the the too much energon that appears at the the very uh, beginning of our intro music is from that. Yes, if anyone <laughs> was wondering, there's a what was it a, a Sony PlayStation One game? Yeah, it was a PS One game with really like where where the the intro to the game like kind of recreated the intro to the show. It used clips from the show, but like the voice acting wasn't the voice actors from the show. <laughs> it was these fucking atrocious soundalikes. <laughs> and uh, my and my favorite is uh megatron being all like hmm yes the planet has energon <laughs> that's actually what it sounds like pretty much yeah and, yes. <laughs> and so the uh from our intro music the uh too much energon is from that yeah the like really dipshit <laughs> version I, of megatron i love it that's even worse than mine I love it. It 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 is like unquestionably worse. Uh, so so Cheetor says, "Well, well, now what? Big R." I'm like, "Big R, big okay." <laughs> and Rhinox is all like, "Well, I got to figure something out." But oh, hey, we have another problem. And Lady Arachnia shows up. Right. Yeah. Um. So what Cheetor. Did Oh, it's hard to find DNA in the wasteland. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I, that's part of it. He he needs to like find a way to increase the scanner. Yeah, good catch because that does come into play later on. Yeah, and it, if they can't find any, and we've so anyone listening, um, you've seen on Beast Wars Part One that alive or dead, there needs to be a DNA in within the vicinity, otherwise. They can't take a beast mode. Yeah, I'm guessing uh, all of these Energon geysers that are going on probably uh, don't don't uh, uh, make it a very uh, hospitable, hospitable environment for yeah. life of any kind. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah, um, no, there's no trees. There's no grass. There's it's it's wasteland. Yeah. Yeah, I think I found the show art for this episode. <laughs> and um, in, interesting. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I've never noticed this before. Rhinox's internal like AI beeps, and it says uh, Predacon signature detected. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, hold up. Is is he the only one that could do that? Do do all of them have a scanner like that? Is it like a uh, Rhinox invention? That's cool. Maybe. To get an alert for like a proximity alert. There's a lot of new things introduced here. Yeah. So we have Lady Arachnia, and she says, "What a lovely spot for the birth of a new Predacon." Tee Yeah, and Cheetor says some Cheetor bullshit. Literally, yeah. He's literally. on like a little cliff. Yeah, and Lady Arachnia is all like, oh, this must be my day for cats. And she shoots <laughs> some, like, Scarlet Spider, like, style <laughs> impact webbing. It looks a lot like the blue web that Tarantulas used to hoist Cheetor up in that one episode. Yeah. Because it actually, like, widens out and, like, connects, like, on the wall behind him. Yeah, and it for- looks almost exactly like it. For anyone wondering, Scarlet Spider was uh, the clone of Spider-Man in the 90s comics, and Scarlet Spider had these this type of webbing called impact webbing, which was basically like a glob, like almost like a web bullet that he could shoot. Oh, that was, right. That was like a, a glob of webbing that would like kind of explode out, like much in a similar fashion to what uh, Black Arachnia shoots here at Cheetor. Nerd! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, at least I don't have a transformer named fucking Jeremy. Oh God! <laughs> Anyone listening can check out our uh, outtakes. Uh, oh, yeah. It is a little bit hard to believe, but it, there's a story there. There is a story there. <laughs> it it's worth hearing. So go and check that out. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cheetor. Che- yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Cheetor dodges out of the way because he's a fast cat. <laughs> Yeah, and he makes a point of telling Lady Arachnia that he's a fast cat, and she's all like, you don't know what fast is, furball, and she leaps up. She pounces at the camera yeah, in a spider-like way that actually bothered me. You know how you were bothered by the sound yeah. of Scorponok? She leaps straight at the camera very quickly, like a, a weird spider jump scare, and I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah. No, like, and she tore jumps out of the way easily, does a really badass mid-air transformation, and like yeah. a boss, like pulls his gun, he always pulls his gun out from over his head, right? Yeah. And uh, says some, again, Cheetor bullshit, blows up the, the cliff she's on, where he was, and she's covered in like rocky debris. Yeah, she... She kind of gets launched off of the uh, the top of the uh, rocky pillar that she was standing on, uh, lands on the ground, and a bunch of the the rock uh, that had just been blown up by Cheetor's uh, blaster uh, all fall on her and end up burying her. Yep. And he like blows the smoke off of his gun, and he's like, uh, "Fast Cat One, stupid spider." chick zero or something like that yeah 
and then and he transforms. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he transforms to beast mode, and then Black Arachnia does something that I thought was actually pretty dope. Here, she bursts out of the rock by transforming. Yes, because yeah, she tra- yeah. yeah, she transforms and thus like blows like all of the rocks off of her. Yeah, which is it's cooler. Cool, yeah. yeah, it's 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 cool. Although after she transforms, uh her um there's something going on with her neck here. With her neck? In that she does not have one. Did her okay, uh I need to I I will send you a screenshot of this. Don't worry, I'll I'll I'll, I'll get there. I'm catching up. Okay, she explodes and transforms and oh there's a there's a problem. <laughs> there's an animation problem. Yeah, okay. she has no neck. Her 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 chin her is just straight. Has receded into her torso. Yes. Wow, that is super. She looks special. Is all. <laughs> uh, I don't think this is something I would have noticed watching this on YTV back in 1996, but I'm uh, I'm noticing it today. That is a very good catch. Huh. That is super awkward looking. Yeah. Um, I just noticed something too that I am sending you. Cheetor's cod piece looks like a cheetah face. And his real cheetah face is on his chest, as we can all see, but his cod piece is like a weird like like face in, in of itself. Oh, it totally what the heck? Does. Right? Right? How did I not notice this? I wonder if Tigatron's is the same. Like it is weird little like cod piece protector thing. Like part of his internal, you know, transformy bits or whatever. It's got like teeth, like a, a cheetah nose and like eyes. And I'm like, how did I, how did I not notice that? So I'm going to keep an eye out for Tigatron. Yeah. It almost kind of looks like a cave painting of a cat face. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like ancient man would have drawn of, a perspective, a uh, uh, a front perspective of a like a cheetah face. Yeah, <laughs> we both are noticing weird things. <laughs> uh, and she, after she transforms and she has her head in her torso like a turtle, she does the <laughs> <laughs> she does the um, that machine gun thing they do with their legs. Yeah, but just just before she does that though, she does this like oh. front flip for no reason she does a front flip and then starts shooting oh yeah why does she do that i have no idea (laughs) she her head is still into her torso which makes it super it makes it even weirder it makes it weird (laughs) it's weird and uh cheetor's like he he barely needs to run out of the way he saunters out of the way and he goes whoa bouncing breakers the bug is back and I'm like, you need to, <laughs> yeah, you need to finish <laughs> off your foes, guys. Uh, and Rhinox hears the bullets and the explosions, and he's like, sounds like cheaters got his paws full. But I can't stop now. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't Already stop four the- beers in. <laughs> the Rhinox train. <laughs> uh, uh, he's much, he's actually much more intelligent than we depict him. He is, yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, and he goes so, slag, and he slams the little keyboard, and it cuts back to 
Lady Arachne and Cheetor, and she's like, come out, come out, kitty! I won't hurt you. And she has a neck. Uh, Yeah, and also now uh, the computer updates Rhinox that the spark now has 4.8 cycles before Uh. it is extinguished. So, talk. Talk. So, clock is ticking, motherfuckers. The tick is talking. The tick is talking. And um, he does a very, like, 90s thing, Cheetor. He jumps out from behind the rock yelling and just shooting, like, into the general direction of where he thought Lady Arachnia was. <laughs> and oh, that, when he opens You're his right, eyes, that is a very 90s thing, right? yeah, now that I think about it. <laughs> to either shoot up in the air and yell, <laughs> or, like, turn around a corner and yell and just shoot blindly. That's like, <laughs> yeah, Pulp Fiction is one thing I can think of. Um, there's lots of moments where somebody just pops around a corner and yells and shoots. And he opens his eyes and he's like, huh? And she's not there. And just like Dinobot, you kind of don't want to be up close Yeah, with Black Arachnia, I've noticed. I, I, I will say, like, maybe, maybe you don't want to close your eyes when you just <laughs> open fire. I don't know why he did that. Maybe you want to like ensure you actually hit your opponent. But yeah, do she's any not of them there. do that? Practice like proper like firearm training. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Rhinox seems to fare well against Waspinator. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, and she grabs him with a claw, his gun hand with a claw, and headbutts him. Yeah, and then is- like. Which is kicks really cool. the living then, shit out of him. Yeah, and then engages again, much like Dinobot, when it comes to hand to hand. She is in particular. She in particular has been shown like doing kung fu shit. Yeah. Like she is very like deadly in the fisticuffs. She also the animators had fun. She like spins around and does weird transformer stuff. Like her whole upper body spins. Yeah. She gives him a few hayas. He she gives him some karate kicks to the face. I was hoping for her to like kind of try to crush Cheetor with her thighs in some sort of like wrestling maneuver, but <laughs> no such luck. <laughs> uh, and she kicks his ass. He falls on the ground. Um, she steps on his balls and pulls out her gun. And it's the same gun that she like paralyzed Tigatron with. Yeah. Points it at him a uh, point like blank and says, goodbye, Maximal. And Cheetor lifts his hands up. This is so rad. Cheetor lifts his hands up as if to give up, right? And when yeah. she shoots him, he fucking leans back and palm catches her projectile. Like like the samurai like palming a fucking sword or catching yeah. an arrow out of the air. Yeah. And he winds up and whips it back and plunges it into her forehead. And I was like, holy shit. That is fucking rad. <laughs> he is a ninja. Like that is some ninja training stuff. I loved that. I fucking loved that. Take that. And he's all. And he's. She falls to the ground, uh, a victim of her own cyber venom. That venom, yeah. Uh, and Cheetor is basically just like, "Yeah, I'm the coolest cat." And then we hear the buzzing. He is. <laughs> all <laughs> then, that fucking. Yeah. Yeah, we hear buzzing of Waspinator. And Cheetor is like, oh, no, Waspinator. And I got to stop him before he reaches Rhinox. Interesting continuity here. He reaches onto his back to grab his gun. He turns and sees it on the ground because he was disarmed. 
yeah. he does an action roll to pick it up and dodge behind cover. Yeah. I like that. That's some good choreography. Yeah, good, pretty good cool. job, guys. I, I really man, I'm I'm really enjoying this show more and more. For, so he, for yeah. Uh, does so, he ever hit Waspinator? No, he he opens fire um and Waspinator in a line that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Waspinator he doesn't hit Waspinator at all, but Waspinator notices he's being shot at, and Waspinator is all like in beast form. He's all like, who dares attack Waspinator? <laughs> That's, you've gotten pretty good at Waspinator. It's <laughs> literally what he says. And I'm like, dude, you're like a C rank. <laughs> I know, right? Like, like Predacon at, at most. So he's who all like, Waspinator terrorize. And he does. And like all flyers, they they, they usually have pairs. Yeah, and they usually just like snipers. <laughs> just as like snipers. Sol- as Solid Snake told us in nineteen ninety eight. That's true. Snipers usually work in pairs, but this one's alone. Oh, um with um who's Sni- that chick? Sniper Wolf, yeah. Sniper Wolf. I was gonna be like Grey Wolf. Grey Wolf Fox. Lady? <laughs> Gray Fox. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to stop talking about Metal Gear. <laughs> right, right. Um, Pterosaur shows up. Yeah, and uh, Cheetor is like, "Well, I have to just stall and give Rhinox time." Yeah, and so he Pterosaur shows up. He says, "Give me a break." He dramatic rock music plays, <laughs> takes <laughs> some pot shots at both of them and misses, and he starts getting energon surge. Yeah, uh, because his um, blocking chip isn't there, right? He has to transform like now, or he dies, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Or goes offline, yeah. presumably. So it's not like before where you have like eh, like fifteen thirty seconds of fuck around time. Yeah, yeah. You, he's got to transform like immediately. So he does, and he says, "Time for me to fly beast mode and fly." He does. There's a high speed chase happening here. Yeah, this uh, is some a, of the a nauseating. Fast... Yes, go ahead. <laughs> this is some of the fastest running I think we've seen him do. If you have motion sickness, this part's a little hard, <laughs> hard to watch. He is very fast, and the camera stays rigidly locked onto Waspinator and Pterosaur as they follow him, and they make jarring ninety degree turns yeah. through the wasteland. It's cool, but also weird <laughs> um so we're we're back at the stasis pod rhinox plugs a cable that is connected to him into the stasis pod's computer and he's all like download sequencer program through my central processor yeah uh, and so what he's trying to do here is like he's base it sounds like to me he's basically like uploading uh dna sequencer software from his circuits from his because like the pods onboard is computer. broken because the pods is broken so yeah. he's basically like uploading software from his circuits and the computer the yeah into into the pod and the pod says to him warning could pros uh process could damage your circuitry and rhinox is just like just do it which uh it does and, it does, and he screams in agony and like yeah. trembles and yeah. explodes. 
like and he then actually s- goes like flying backwards uh, from like a short like something sparks and the cable flies out of him and he hits yeah. the the wall behind him and starts shorting out immediately and his own internal computer is like uh, warning field dampeners down uh, energon surge energon surge stasis lock imminent transform immediately so he does um in a I very really, pathetic, hurtful beast beast mode. Yeah, I I really really like just all of the stops. Rhinox and Cheetor are pulling to 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 save this uh, this protoform's life. It's... Yeah, maybe we're not elegantly processing it correctly over over the podcast, but the the scene. The, the writing for this episode and the, the scene to scene, the cut to Cheetor, the cut to the cut to Rhinox, the cut to Cheetor. It's it's well done. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate that too. Like they are both essentially risking their lives um in a very real sense. It's not like other battles where like they can get dragged off and um get repaired. Like it's just them way out in the buttfuck nowhere. Yeah, they're this episode has stakes. Yes. Including the, the uh, maximal in the pod. Mm-hmm. Like it talks about life and death. Like straight up in that little dream sequence. And it's, it, I don't know. It's kind of heartwarming, but also scary and sad. Yeah. And, uh, but even though uh, Rhinox passes out, uh, we see a little beacon come out of the pod and the the robot inside uh, goes back to like a liquid form. But the the DNA sequencers are online now. So it yeah. begins it begins scanning the area for appropriate life forms. So we're almost there. We're almost there, everyone. And we cut uh, back to Cheetor being chased by Waspinator and Pterosaur. Mm-hmm. And again, super fast sequence, lots of camera cuts. It's a little bit more smooth now. <laughs> and I think Cheetor said, some... oh, there's debris flying as they're shooting like rocky columns. This is some good uh, action direction, though, I will say, yes. in this chase sequence. Like, this is, is a well-directed cool. episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I I might have mentioned this earlier, but this is night and day between last episode and this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and che- uh, there's Cheetor- an Energon geyser. Yeah, Cheetor leaps over it, and uh, Waspinator, who is giving chase, uh, flies over it at just the right time to get uh, blasted by it. Um, yep, and it takes him out. Takes him out. Uh, He's but- like all shorting out and. But is he he takes Waspinator out, but Pterosaur takes Cheetor out. Yeah. Yeah, he gets shot slowly afterwards and Pterosaur lands. And uh it's not looking good for Cheetor. Like wh- oh, man, what does he say? So much for maximal presence! Now the pod will be mine. Yeah. I hate doing his voice, but I love doing his voice. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Uh, it kind of hurts hurt. the throat, but it's fun. It hurts the throat, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's he's every line delivered by him is so comical because it's so like 
over the top. It, yeah, especially in an episode like this. He screams everything. Yeah, <laughs> he screams everything. And instead of finishing him off, he races off to go to the pod. Yeah. And, uh, back, and we, yeah, sorry, we, we cut back to the pod. Yeah, we're we're back at the pod. Um, the... Spark will terminate in two point three cycles. Also, uh, no compatible life forms within range. So no. this is a problem. This ain't good. I I remembered after afterwards. I was like, oh yeah, I remember them. But at the time, I was like, are are they gonna die? Is this an episode about teaching kids about death? Jesus Christ! <laughs> like I, it, it's looking kind of bleak. It is, and yeah. to make things more bleak, who shows up? Pterosaur, like fucking stomping over to like an all, a barely conscious Rhinox. Yeah, and he's all like, "Well, well, well, Rhinox and a stasis pod. It's my lucky day." <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, that is what he says. Yeah, D- does he? I'm. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm following up now. Yeah, he does say that. Yeah, and he's and, and then he's like, uh, "And you're last." Ha 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 ha! What a little turd! I how is he still alive? <laughs> the Predacons more so, but the Maximals. You'd think somebody would just scrap him and like scoop his parts into a bin and bury it out in the desert. Uh, <laughs> but. As my, <laughs> or at least Megatron. You know what I mean? Just keep his head on like a spike and talk to him every now and then. Keep him alive as just a head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but as Pterosaur is going to deliver like a killing blow to Rhinox, well, presumably a killing blow, um, we hear a hawk screech. Yep. And he looks up and there's a hawk, a lone hawk. I gotta say, like, I obviously I've seen this episode before many times, and so I knew what was going to happen. But like when I was first rewatching this uh, the other day. Right at that moment, I got so excited. It was a very it was a very like, oh, hell yeah moment. Yeah, it's really cool. And Terrasaur not realizing like what's like the stasis pod was so close to. Um, to stabilizing the maximal inside, uh, he's like, "What? No, no, no!" And a bright light comes out of the pod, and like a screech comes flying out. Yeah, and a Rhinox slowly comes up to his feet, and he goes, "Uh, still feeling lucky, pterosaur." Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, he still has a gun, Rhinox. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, a shadow appears over uh, Pterosaur. And a huge, huge fucking bird. (laughs) Huge hawk grabs him, like, with its talons. It's it's kind of awesome. Yeah. And slams him into, like, one of the rocky pillars in the wasteland. And this man... This battle is, I this is so great. I love this. How they introduced this character and the choreography here, like this is this is hands down so far easily the best Beast Wars episode for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I for me, I, I Beast Wars one and two is good, but I feel like this is my favorite. I 
this is definitely like one of the better written episodes, I would say. Yeah. And yeah. it's one of the best directed episodes. Yes. So Pterosaur uh, screeches in anger in that like derpy kind of way that he does. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh-huh. he goes airborne. And yeah. he starts shoulder cannon blasting uh, the giant hawk, the the new Maximal in their their beast mode. Yeah. And he's missing and he's shooting here and there and he he gets it a little bit and um the the cries from the the hawk maximal are great like ah like very very emotional i feel yeah and so the bird uh swoops around and flies toward the camera with like the sun behind it oh that is so yeah it it tricks him it dive bombs and then by the time he knows what's he's looking uh pterosaur is looking for it he looks over and like with the sun at their back you hear like this i love their voice by the way air razor maximize and like like gandalf coming over the hill at helm's deep (laughs) with the sun at his back um they transform and there's like a sort of feminine looking like maximal their design is really cool. Yeah. Uh, that comes so co- go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, like I didn't really like air razor, the look of air razor, but, but like looking at her now, I'm like, no, she's really cool looking. She, she is rad. She is a lot different than the design of everything else. Very like smooth and organic looking. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and she's like, I, I also like that. She like, she is kind of feminine looking in appearance, but she, not in the same way the black arachne is. She's not sexualized at all. She's with thank you. And I, I really like her. Like she's a little bit effeminate, but you could say maybe androgynous. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. some extent, but like, you know, like more, uh, less, uh, like jagged edges, kind of like more like softer kind of like shapes to her uh feminine lips they tried to give her yeah right like round rounder cheeks kind of thing like she's a little bit but a little bit like um feminine looking but not sexual and i i doubt anyone's listening to this that's just listening to us and hasn't seen the show but you told me that there are in, in fact a couple people yeah google black arachnia she She's like the Transformer stripper. Like she just has like gold. Basically, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like she's like like very sexualized. Like 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 I mentioned brass individual breasts right out in front. Like I mentioned in the episode that uh, first introduced her, uh, like Black Arachnia was like the first time I really noticed boobs as a little boy. (laughs) A gentleman's first fap, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the planet has energon. <laughs> You're actually really good at doing the impression of the shitty uh, Megatron from the video game. <laughs> uh, why, thank you. Um, uh, so, sorry, uh, Air Razor and Pterosaur collide. She, like, tackles into him. And they, they plummet to the ground. This is interesting. This is actually how hawks fight each other. I don't, oh, really? I don't know if you knew, know this, but um, like eagles and hawks, uh, uh, 
when they're fighting for territory or fighting for mate, or I'm not really sure when they engage in this, but they swoop at each other. And when they grab each other, hell, maybe it's even when they mate. I, I, <laughs> like, I I'm not sure. Um, but when they get entangled, they, they start to fall towards the ground as they kind of like peck and like claw at one another. And they try to dislodge before they uh, hit the ground but they also want to damage each other. So huh, it's like a weird airborne form of chicken where the ground is death for both of them. Yeah. And they they almost kind of do something like that here. They fall towards the ground and they both dislodge and fly away from each other right before they hit the ground. Just something I wanted to to bring up that's very hawk-like. No, that that that's interesting. It shows that the uh the people behind the show did their homework. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I thought I thought it was cool that death spiral thing. You could you could see it on YouTube, like hawks like intertangling and like falling. Unfortunately, sometimes to their deaths. <laughs> but uh, hey, it's a tough world out there. Speaking of tough world, uh, pterosaur pterosaur has shoulders. a really bad day. <laughs> he is a bad day. He shoots shoulder cannons. She is very like. If there's a dodge stat, hers is max. Because she does some aerial acrobatics here that really show off. She does some air splits and some side lunges. <laughs> and she turns and she shoots um, wrist like little like uh, quills, blades, much like... Wrist darts, kind of like uh, Black Widow. Yeah, wrist darts. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she, unlike Cheetor... <laughs> um, who knocks his enemies down and kind of just like leaves them air razor knocks pterosaur to the ground and out of the air and then she flies over top of him and using both of her like rocket wrist things like just shoots the living hell out of him and he falls in actually like like a dozen pieces yeah after we, she we just know like he could surprise he could survive that but like he's in many many pieces yeah, after uh, she just unleashes unleashes this barrage of these like wrist dart things at him, mm-hmm. uh, the camera cuts to the ground, and we just start see to see one by one like pieces <laughs> of terror, broken pieces of pterosaur just fall. His, uh, but unlike before, like his head, like he's still not talking. His eyes don't move around. I was expecting to see his eyes fade, but they don't. They don't want to imply he's dead, right? Because oh no, we've never shown that before on the show. <laughs> but yeah, he is—he's out of commission. Yeah, and she flies over to Rhinox, and they have a very, very heartwarming um, exchange. Yeah, exchange. She's all, yeah, she's, she's smiling, a- and she's like, "You're Rhinox." Yeah, and he's and, like, "Oh, how'd you know?" And she's like. Oh, I'm not sure, but I think I owe you my life. And Rhinox is like, let's say we're even, okay? <laughs> well, well uh, let me take you for a beer and say we're even. <laughs> and, <laughs> there you go. Uh, even though we, we kind of kill them, <laughs> the mute by uh, <laughs> Rhinox's like, uh, trucker impression there. <laughs> it's, a very, it's actually a very sweet moment. That's, it's a sweet moment because remember that little glimpse of Cheetor's subconscious and Rhinox was in there? 
Yeah. That's implying to us that when Rhinox was interfacing with Airazor in the pod, they dreamscape like shared some sort of like dream two or some sub subconscious exchange as well. Well he uploaded a uh, like DNA sequencer program from his own circuits into the pod, so who's to say like something else didn't end up in there too? Yeah. Like part of yeah, they it's interesting. Yeah. And uh boom, we got to the Axelon. Also, I really like the color of air I really like Air Razor's eyes. They're yes. They're they're a really, really cool color. They're a really Yeah, they're a cool color. Yeah, it's her eyes are this really, really dark green and then um with a like black the, background. Yeah, yeah. And like her irises are kind of this almost like teal color. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a teal. Yeah. It's a minty fresh teal. And her face <laughs> kind of has this <laughs> um her face it almost like a helmet. Do you know what I mean? Like a knight's helmet in her um, robot form. Oh yeah, kind of. Yeah, the beak comes from over her head, and the point comes down in front of her. So her robot form, by the way, like a lot of them in their robot form, they have a nose, like a human or a cat-like nose, right? Yeah. Like Rhinox straight up just has a human-like nose. She Air Razor doesn't have a nose at all. She just has like humanish humanoid lips but like because of the helmet the way the beak comes down in front and how it obscures her nose it's kind of like the nose of the hawk is still her nose in in her robot form i i i don't know i think it's really cool yeah, you only the, notice she doesn't have a nose from the side profile yeah the the more i look at her uh her robot form the more i like it which again when I was a kid, I thought she was really boring looking. Right? Yeah. And um, we cut to the, yeah, the Axelon, and Rhinox is like, and that's when Air Razor like, stepped in and took care of things. And Optimus is like, well, let me welcome you to the Maximals. We'll be salvaging Pterosaur for days. <laughs> and I, does he say that? I, I don't know. <laughs> he does, yes. <laughs> and she is like, well, I'm still not sure what to make of all of this situation. So I'm like, do any of the, is it like the same thing that happened with Tigatron and her memories are gone? Or do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Or is it because she was damaged much like Tigatron that they weren't able to retain their memories or maybe she has her memories. Here's one I just thought of, but like the situation on this planet is kind of complex. If you just dive into it, you're like, why are we, why are we animals? Why are the Predacons here? Aren't we at peace with them? Because, I mean, technically, the protoforms wouldn't know they're at war now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That yeah, and they, they wouldn't know anything about what's going on with anything. They're like, okay, why, why are we in... Why, why have we taken animal forms? <laughs> why I mean... are we fighting these other animals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, Rat Trap's like, for the first time he's appeared on this episode, he's like, hey, if you're smart, you'll make tracks. And Cheetor's all like, like, uh, slick circuits there, buddy. (laughs) Slick circuits there, eh, bud? Take off. (laughs) (laughs) 
And Optimus <gasps> is like, uh, you'll get used to everything, including their shenanigans. Uh, let me show you around the base. And yeah. she says, oh, that would be delightful. Um, and I'm like, oh, she's sticking around. She's not going to pull a Tigatron and like... Uh, yeah, I thought off. that too. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's nice. Also, she seems nice. Isn't it nice to have someone who's nice? Not like yeah. a smarmy or like a lone wolf or... Do you know what I mean? Just, I want someone who's nice. Mm-hmm. And, and she seems nice. And we, we appear to have gotten that with Air Razor. Yeah. Well, um, nice unless you piss her off and she just shoots you into a dozen pieces. And I'm interested because, like, I kind of remember, like, like I was saying before, like, I, I, for the most part, like, I remember all of the major story, or at least most of the major story beats of this series. So I'm interested to rediscover her journey as a character now. Yeah. But now that we're adults and we can, like, appreciate it in a much different and more mature way. Yeah. Like, I barely remember Air Razor, but then as soon as the Hawk came on, I was like, oh, right, this is like a female Maximal. And yeah. I was like, oh, right, I liked this one. Like, it all came kind of, like, flooding back. Mm-hmm. I used to have uh, a toy of her. I remember what the toy looked like, but I never, I never got it. Uh, it wasn't that great. It was the the thing with Beast Wars toys is like all the basic sized figures like weren't that great. Some are better. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah. Um, and well, we might as well finish up the episode. The episode, um, ends with Eraser going and taking a tour of the base, right? And she's saying hi to everyone. And the camera cuts to Rhinox and he says, when a spark goes online, there's great joy. And I'm like, and, and he looks at Cheetor and Cheetor looks at him and tilts his head and then raises an eyebrow. Yeah. And the Credits. episode ends and dramatic rock theme plays. <laughs> um, did it, did it, did it. <laughs> so we had, Okay, so that was longer than we, we'd like to dissect things. We both like the episode. There's a lot of important lines to it. But to, to get to this part, the the after, usually we're just like, how did you like it? And then we make fun of the episode or say things <laughs> we like. There's a, I'm going to skip past the, why does Tigatron have a freeze gun? <laughs> uh, why does uh, Lady Arachnia have a Venom gun? Because they're robots and they invent things. Sure, why not? Um, it it does bring into it's one of those things where wow shooting somebody once and taking them out of a battle is pretty game changing but it's cool they they have they have now they have special attacks right but let's jump into the existentialism shall we let's do would that you, would you like to yeah, yeah okay so Rhinox remembers the dreamscape yes or is it like a shared like subconscious memory thoughts i i i don't i i i i'm still i i'm gonna stay stay in the camp that that was just cheetor having a fever dream basically and perhaps when a spark like 
perhaps like they like when a spark goes online, there's great joy. Perhaps that's just like a Cybertronian phrase or proverb or something. Okay, I'm going to go deeper than that. And I think there's some collective like un- like consciousness. And okay. Cheetor's dream was from interfacing, like getting uh, with Rhinox to some on a subconscious level that maybe they don't even really understand. Because oh, okay, Cheetor maybe. looked at him when he had said that. And, but the thing is, he was like, whoa, I just had a crazy fever dream. And Rhinox is like, tell me about it later. So they don't seem, they seem semi-aware that they've shared some, some like kind of like dream. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. I understand if people don't like it because there's kind of like a spiritual context to that, but I really like this shared subconscious, sorry, this shared consciousness, like ethereal plane that they they have and i also think that because air razor landed and she was like you're rhinox and he was like how did you know and i think rhinox like shared some sort of like dream like some vision quest with air razor when they were in the pod could be so that's like, that's my theory like like i said i think um when uh, Rhinox uploaded uh, the DNA sequencing program from his own circuitry into the pod. I, I'm thinking like something else from him got uploaded as well. Yeah, like programming code that resonates with Rhinox's sig- like programming signature, or he has yeah. a readme file attached that says, "Hello, <laughs> my name is is Rhinox. Do not worry, I am here to help." <laughs> or read me text uh, read file. Me file yeah um but i'm okay with that not being answered like it yeah. could be very like logical like how you're talking or it could be very uh, more organic or spiritual like i'm talking about and i'm okay with that not being answered well and i think i like that- i like that the fact that it even makes us talk about it is is cool yeah, I think the fact that the the episode is ambiguous about it, um, I think that's the point. Is like yeah. the idea is that you could see it either way, and either way, like either viewpoint has validity. Yeah, yeah, I I like that. I I and just air razor's introduction and her fight and her like descending from the sky with the sun at her back mhm that it and and her and and cheetor fighting for their lives in different ways um and her life this whole for the majority of this episode it's just it's just them yeah cheetor and and uh rhinox and really makes me we've had dinobot episodes and cheetor episodes but not like cheetor being badass just cheetor being a dumb kid who gets in over his head episodes yeah and i well, we've we've had really like <laughs> yes and i really appreciate this 
being like, no, Cheetor can be actually a really good team player and a really good combatant and really useful to the team. And Rhinox being like a selfless, like, like programmer, scientist, engine, sorry, engineer. I, yeah, the both I, of them I are, like it. Yeah, the both of them are doing absolutely everything they can to save this protoform, which. And they I, do, which, which feels I, so rewarding. Yeah, I found it really heartwarming. And they're both like doing everything they can in different ways. They're both playing to their strengths and they're working together, though, like not even really directly in most of the episode. Also, this episode is extremely well paid. Yeah, I was I try I was trying to stutter that out like earlier. It's well directed, like you were saying, it's well paced. Each little scene is important. It's it's an episode of Beast Wars that like like it's only like 22 minutes long, but in a way it feels an hour long, but not in a bad way. Not in a dino clone way. <laughs> <laughs> not in a way where like the episode feels like it's dragging or anything. Like the episode feels long. Heavy. In, in yeah, the feel the episode feels long in the sense that the drama has weight to it. Like, I don't feel like every was... little scene introduces us to more information that's important for us to understand what they're going through. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really liked it. I don't feel like there's a single minute of wasted frame in this entire episode. No. Larry just... did. Yeah. You can't say that about many episodes in this show. I... Uh, Correct. <laughs> Especially last episode. <laughs> I... Which, which I think I liked last the the double Dinobot episode. I think I liked it more than you did, but it was still a bad episode. Uh, yeah, if if I give it a, a two out of ten and you give it a four out of ten, technically you liked it twice as much as I did. <laughs> but uh it's still yeah. Um, the story editors are Bob Forward and Larry Dettilio, which are the first names mentioned in the credits. Uh, uh, if they had anything to, to do with the writing for it. Uh, they are the creators of, and the showrunners of Beast Wars. And do they... So when it said um, story editors, what does that imply? Um, do, you know what I mean? Like, do they write and edit, but they're not the director of? Um, a story editor in this context, um, it's one of those like nebulous terms. To be perfectly yeah, honest, kind of yeah. like kind of like executive producer. I was actually good, just going to say like executive producer. It's a um, it's a cool sounding title. Yeah, they they are the showrunners. So basically, like I I think in this sense that in this context it means like the episode was probably written by someone else but like they did like touch up work on it right so they edit them episode to episode to some extent oh it was actually written by Larry DeTio nice I just, I just went back to the beginning yeah so one of the <laughs> So one of the uh, one of the creators and showrunners of the show wrote this episode. So that's it's a good one. Yeah, it, it is a good one. Uh, 
from a storytelling perspective, um, probably one of probably one of, if not the best. I wouldn't say it's my favorite episode thus far, but it's definitely up there. I uh, yeah, it's it's up there. I it'll be it'll I be in the. It. It'll be in the top 10 for uh, season one episodes, for sure, for me. I like it a lot. Uh, and I I can barely remember episodes beyond this point, episodes with Air Razor. So I'm excited to like go forward with this. It's basically uh, new territory from here on out for me. Uh, well... She plays a big part in next week's episode, which is the Trigger Part One. Oh, it's two parts. Yeah, it's our first two-parter since the uh, the series premiere. Nice, um, nice. Uh, the Trigger Part One and Two were actually some of my when I was younger. Anyway, some of my favorite episodes of Beast Wars. So I'm looking forward to revisiting oh. them. Are we going to do them in separate episodes or together? Uh, together? With their powers combined? Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. Let's give let's give it a shot and if it doesn't work then well We'll give it the old maximal try. <laughs> we'll give it the old maximal try and if it doesn't work well then it ends up being two episodes. Yeah. We have to try, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we did with uh, Beast Wars Part One and Two. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we were like, "No, this is <laughs> this is <laughs> going to be two parts." Yeah, uh, yeah. So that has been episode fifteen of Too Much Energon. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star rating. Helps us out with discoverability. Uh, also, if you like this show, tell your friends. Especially if they like Beast Wars. Or if they yeah. just want to hear like two Canadian guys in their 30s make comments <laughs> about like Gorilla Man and, you know, Raptorbot. And Rhinobot. <laughs> and Rhinobot. Uh, check out our website, uh, ca. You can listen to all the episodes there. Uh, it also has social media links for the Facebook page. Uh, contact info. And uh, a link to my Instagram. Uh, uh, Cal, do you have anything else you wanted to throw in? Um, if you check out our Facebook page, I'm going to try to start uploading the screenshots that you and I talk about on the air. Oh, so that's like, a good They have an understanding idea, yeah. of what the heck we're, we're talking <laughs> about. So by the time they listen to it, I'll have we'll have already uploaded the the things that we share, right? So they'll they'll kind of know like what the heck are they talking about? There's a cat face on Cheetor's cod piece. Well, <laughs> there you go. Go check out our Facebook page and see our dumb screenshots. <laughs> also, All say right. hi. Yeah, and if you want to hear us uh, do this, but talk about reboot instead of Beast Wars, check out our other show, Alpha Numeric, a reboot podcast. Yes. And uh, there's a deep voiced villain on that one too that I often mix the names up. <laughs> yeah, there's a Megatron on that show as well. Yeah, there's a and there's a naked Megatron on that show. Ho ho. All right, it's getting pretty late, so we're gonna get out of here. Uh until next week. Beast mode. Beast mode. Beast mode.
Beast Mode! Yeah! 